Mindful Surf, the podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan, who has just come back from the kitchen for the seventh time, because we're recording in his house, his dog is barking profusely, and yeah, we're in your house, we are in the Liam, res- Liam Morgan residence, and we're recording with the new equipment, bear with the sound, that's it. Cave of Barking Dog. The House of Surf. House of Surf. And the House of Dog Shit. Because yes. let me just tell everybody who's interested <laughs> that uh, I went out for an extended period of time this morning. She's a very well house trained dog. But clearly there was some sort of dirty protest going on in the kitchen when I got home. Because I had to clean up <laughs> quite a large amount of dog shit from my kitchen floor. <laughs> dirty and protest. And you know that feeling when you walk through a door and you think, hmm, something... Something doesn't not right smell here. right with this situation. No, and I, no. And I don't think it's me. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that was my that was my morning this there's morning. Been, there's been a lot of pooing today. I, I pooed on the way to the surf in a sort of little bit of forest because I needed a poo and I knew that if I got to the surf spot, that the toilet that's there is like a five minute walk from the car park and it's an extra five minutes I don't have. It might be That might be two or three waves. Talk about scarcity mindset. Um... Didn't wipe there. Oh dear. Now, <clears throat> this is trust in the universe for you because I've had a poo in Liam's toilet just now. Lovely toilet it was. Nice pictures of him surfing on the wall, things like that. And the ego room. The ego room. And did a poo in there. I'm having a great poo day, obviously, you can tell. And no loo roll. So I think I'm I I'm just sitting down now. I'm oh just, yeah, oh I'm my just God, trusting is, everything's okay. There's stuff. a little woof every now and then from the sofa. Now Liam's got this fantastic, plush, gorgeous sofa, which looks very expensive. And I just hope that I don't, I don't put poo on it. But it is propped up on books, though. It's prop- not an expensive That's sofa. That's ironic as well. And um, there is there is a, a lesson in that, isn't there? If you buy buy something cheap, it doesn't always work out. There you go. But it was. It looks good. But it ain't. Yeah, look, built, it, it isn't built really, very well. It just it feels really smooth and. But on that surf this morning, it was a, it was a funny one. I went to the spot nearby our home, and it's a, a renowned as a, a more high performance sort of wave compared to what we have, and I struggled today. Yeah. Um, I actually did a bit of that slowing down at the start. I did more warming up. I did more stretching, more balance work. I did everything right. And I started off okay. I started off with a couple of decent turns. After that, I was in the water for about an hour. And I, I normally in an hour surfing get minimum 15 waves, I guess, maybe more. No, 15 is about right. It's about right. But I must have got eight waves, seven. And yes, two at the start were okay. And then five, I like, okay, so two of those five. One fell off, the, fell off at the falls from standing up too soon, mm-hmm. very unusual. I'm normally quite, my timing can be okay. Then, <laughs> then fell off the falls and in the falls, having taken off too late because I got the wave just flipped me. Yeah. And then the remaining three waves that were left, I think I bogged rail on one, I didn't complete a turn on another one, and then I sorted a little, just crappy sort of boggy carve on the other one too. And it's like, it was a mix of things. And in my head I was going, Oh, I really should have brought the thruster in because I, yeah. I felt like I, I was riding the quad on my puddle jumper. And that's a big board, as a lot of you know, the Lost Puddle Jumper. It's a big wide tail, um, very grovelly board. 
which is supposed to be written as a, a, a quad mostly, but if you take it in punchy ways, that waves are a bit choppy, a bit bouncy, the quad just doesn't work. Mm. So what it is with boards is if you're surfing rail to rail because the conditions are clean and powerful, I think quads are great. Where they really come short is when you've got a real bounce and chop and funk in the wave and you're still trying to generate some quality maneuvers because as we know, going rail to rail when there's a bump on the wave is hard to do. I think you had this the other day with that twinny. Well, I was just, think, I was just thinking that. I, I did put a trailer in, but um, we, we had a surf uh, last Tuesday, so the day after we'd recorded the last show, and it was a classic day, beautiful. Sun was shining. Uh, it was sort of autumnal sunshine. The waves had a good punch to them eventually because they built throughout the course of the afternoon that we were in the water. And it, it, it was the, the, the board, the Luke Short board, and you're happy 21st to Luke Short uh, for his uh, 21 years of building amazing boards. I love that twinny. Um, but what I found was on some of the waves that started to chop up as the wind got up in the afternoon and they, the, the drops were bigger, it, it was quite a hard board to control. Uh, especially if, for, for my level of surfer, I was sort of bouncing around a little bit. Um, and it, it just felt like it did need, at that point, an extra fin in the back. Now, it's interesting, because I'm only just getting used to the idea of playing with fins and board shapes. It's, it, it's starting to, as I, as I progress my surfing throughout the course of doing this show, um, I'm starting to think about how boards would eat better either suit my style or would suit the kinds of different waves that you and I are surfing with. Um, but no, I found, I found that. Whereas boards that have a sol solid thruster, I just don't feel that it is jumping around as much. Don't know if that's just me. No, that's, um, that's but I love true. that board. I, I, it's, it's weird because we talk a lot about the Matt Bialos empire and, and the uh, lost uh, boards, especially the puddle jumper for our Mushburger waves here. But there's something about that Luke short that actually was your board that I picked up from you, this sort of 6-2 twinny that I absolutely love. And I hadn't ridden it for a while because of the ongoing affair with the puddle jumper. But my God, it was amazing. It was amazing to reconnect with that board. And it really, it, it kind of makes you think about the connection that you can have with something that technically is an, is an inanimate object, you know, when you're in surf. It just feels like there's a connection with some board. And then some boards, like that Tomo Evo that everybody raves about, I, ne I didn't connect with it once. Probably I was riding it at the, at the wrong time, in the wrong waves, but there's something about that Luke Short that I find is an incredible construction, shape, whatever, it's just, it flies. So it's a lovely board, I remember riding it a lot, and it's a, what what I think a lot of people are loving about 20s at the moment, is that you're getting a really high performance setup that that doesn't get stuck at the top. Yeah. When you go to hit, when you go to release, when you go to carve, at the top of the wave, what you don't want then is is stickiness and, and clogginess and, and bogging and, and whatever. You want a, a swift, full release of the tail mm. that can come round. And without that middle fin, you do get it. Um, you get a bit more speed down the line too. What you don't get, I think, with twins is, like we said about the quads, quads and twins are similar in this way. As soon as the conditions get bumpy, a little bit of side wind, a bit of onshore wind, mm. a, bit of, a bit of waves kind of moving around in kind of weird ways where they're not just peeling down the line perfectly. When you're riding that kind of surf, when your tail's out of control, it doesn't handle that chop and bump in the wave. It just wants to give way. And, and, and what you'll do is your bottom turn, but your bottom turn won't sink, as in the rail won't sink like that. So you kind of, the thing about thrusters is when the waves are a bit more junky, 
which is what I should have written this morning, although it's a silly word, could have written if I'd been maybe a bit more switched on, is they give you that, that center fin at the back, the tail can just push off the bottom a little bit easier, you can push a bit harder. So you can, I think, grovel weirdly. If the waves are not very good, I think you can grovel harder with a fin that goes slower. Mm. Because you can, you, with, with, with onshore and crossshore waves, you often get weirdly slightly more powerful sections because the wind is pushing them forward. Whereas again, with really clean surf, it's just one sheet blanket of glass. So yes, there's power, there's huge power, but it's because it's cleaner. You could, it's it's not as jerky. It doesn't kind of move you around. So you, I think thrusters work great in yeah. junky waves. And where with the waves we have here, I keep looking at my quad and going, oh yeah, but it's so hard to generate speed where we are, and I want to get fast down the line and all that stuff. Nah, it's I think when it's junky, put the thruster in. Because the other day when I was surfing on the north coast, it was pumping. And I wanted to put this to Clayton, the guys at Ombi. Yeah. You know, why why did I think, or why could I have maybe had such a great surf, high performance with riding a twin, uh, sorry, quad? And I think so much of what it was is because it was clean, it was it had a bowl shape on it, so you could really put it on rail. And I think because you can put it on rail, quads really work well in that way. You can really sink sink on rail. Um, but I tell you what, just boards. Just being in the water. Boards, fins, being in the water. And we got, things, well, we got waves. We had waves last night. You've had a surf this morning. I didn't because I was out getting my back sorted out and cleaning up dog shit. And ah. but we we might have a week of waves. Autumn swells back. Even more, I think. Yeah. It's just that when the weather gets really funky yeah. where we live, like real hit and miss, wind, wet, wind, you know, rain, cloud. We're like, ooh. So yeah. it's a win-win for us. Where we live, it's a win if it's sunny and, and gorgeous because it's just lovely. But then if the weather starts getting a bit funky, it's a win then too because we've got waves. We we don't where we live. We have what a lot of surfers would call shit surf. Yeah, and we have said this millions of times, but it needs repeating over and over again because we both need to hear this message ourselves as well. There is no such thing as shit surf, and we were in surf last night that a lot of experienced surfers would look at and just let you turn around. For me, it was just getting in the water. It's just, just getting in the water. It's, it's such a joy. It's practice, isn't it? If, yeah. you, if you practice even the junkiest waves and you're trying to get those what may be described as shittier waves and we don't want to get the sound of the shitwave police ringing through our uh, show again. Is that sound of the shitwave police? But that's happening. Calling your, that was yours. Pe- pe- people are going, yeah, shit, shit. And it was... The conditions were junky, but maybe two waves worth every minute of sitting in the water. And it's better than watching the TV with all the fear, uh, nonsense, division, stoking that's going on. I'd rather be sat looking at the horizon because everything's all right when you're in there. So true. And when you're in the sea, you're part of something that you are. You're part of nature. You are a natural being. We we feel so far removed from nature. Yeah. When we're in normal life, in cars, with computers, in meetings, and doing these kind of strange... Although, although of course, it's all natural, isn't it? You're using your eyes, you're using your mouth, you're speaking, you're listening, you're communicating. That's all natural stuff. It's the environment so often that isn't. And that's what's really interesting about surfing and so much of why we're so drawn to it is it's just immediate mindfulness. Without, It's the back door to mindfulness, like you were saying, that you're just there. You're, you're just, oh, look... There's the scenery, there's the sky, there's the... 
it's the senses become alive and there's that i think there's that there we call it sixth sense but that there's that underlying vibration too like you've got all your main senses but then the thing about surfing is there's that little bit of extra yeah. that we can't all put our fingers on and we don't actually know what that is it's just the most stunning thing like just being in the water and, and all these things but, but going back to the surf stuff one thing i want to say is i i came away from that saturday surf feeling like it's the best i'd ever surfed and i i was so i was so happy that all the work i've been putting in lately was paying off and then i came away from this morning's <laughs> like i don't i don't think i can put a fucking turn together that's life and it's as well as quite surfing. amazing how life's like that isn't it yeah. it humbles you well we all say this haven't we since the beginning of the show i mean i don't play golf i know a lot of surfers play golf it's but the synergies between the two where you can have a brilliant game and think you're tiger woods and then you can have a another game and you you like kook of the day on the on the golf course and surfing is just like that there are times when you dial it in and you think, "Wow, I've cracked this amaze. I've, I've unlocked the secret of surfing. I think I'm surfing. I feel like Kelly Slater or I know. Um, and, and then you, you turn up at another, another date, often at the same beach on the same break, and you can't string the same manoeuvres together. And that's when you're thinking about uh, mindset, body, uh, attitude. It all kind of comes together. And sometimes the vibration is just off. And like like life, you have great days where you you, you know you think you are uh, you know top of the top of the tree, and you have days when you think that you, you you can't even sort of put one foot in front of the other. But each of those moments pass; they're so transient. So the good times are to be enjoyed, but equally they won't last forever. And, and the bad times are to be recognised, but they won't stick around either for very long. So the same with everything, isn't it? That's where the parallels of surf and life for me kind of connect so uh, beautifully is in the sense that you're like well how can it be that the thing that I think I've now uh, perfected in inverted commas that I, I, I can't do even in a very basic level and it's because it requires continual development input training you know to to maintain the gains that you you make what was your thing about just because the kitchen is clean tonight doesn't mean that it will be tomorrow so true. Zen, Zen teaching that. It's lovely. And I felt like this morning was a great lesson in too much effort. I was trying too hard. I also had this weird psychological thing, whereas what happened was I'd spoken to someone in the car park. Now, I'm not a local to this break, although I am. If you, Well, depends on which way you look it's at it. It's an ish, isn't it? Ish, local ish, ish, whatever that word is. I mean, that's a whole topic yeah. we can cover. Like, you know, just local, that word. Well, I'm but, not local to any breaks down well, here. No, well, I'm not, not local down here. It's like. the irony of it, isn't it? Sometimes, you know, yeah. and you think, oh, who are these people from, from a Yorkshireman? Who are these people surfing on my local? Uh, hello? Hello? <laughs> it's just, honestly, listen, what is this local thing? We're all bloody human. And what the hell's a country? Yeah. What the hell's a county? What the, this whole fucking my territory, anyway, whatever. We'll come on to that in a bit. It's a great topic, but... I got chatting to this guy, he's a nice guy, and looked like a really good surfer as well. And weirdly, I think because we haven't had swell for so long, I was sort of trying to, it, was, it wasn't it was crowded at all, but it was a very tight takeoff zone and all good surfers. And I sort of felt a bit self-conscious too. I was sort of, maybe I was trying to prove myself mm -hmm. like I deserved to be on the peak. So I was kind of, I ended up doing this thing where I was sort of like just pushing it. 
and I was forcing it and I was sort of, it reminds me so much of tennis because when you try and hit the ball really hard, invariably it just goes flying in the air, it doesn't, doesn't go where you want it to do it. You just gotta just slow it down gently, just gently. And I tried doing that and it still just didn't quite pay off. And I know, I know that I'll surf again, maybe this afternoon or tomorrow or next week or whenever it is. And the lesson I'll take from it was just, you know, don't feel like you've got to prove anything to anyone. And I, I did, I, and here's, here's one. It's coming back to me. I, at the very end of the surf, I had my possibly best wave. And it had been preceded by a self-talk of, it's you against you. I'd, I had to have this little moment in my head, and all sports people have to do this, surfers included. You have these moments of, of psychology. And what is psychology? Well, it's your mind. What is your mind? It's your thoughts and your presence. So it's mm. kind of the combination of the two. What, what we don't want is a rational overthinking. We mostly just want that calm presence and flow. But there are often times where your what we call self-talk can be, I think, quite influential. As long as we don't assume that that's who we really are. It's like a little mind trick. It's not like your thoughts aren't who you are, but occasionally just that one-line mantra can basically turn your body. It's all about, listen, if you, if you can positively affect your body chemistry with good thoughts, and that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. And I think that I think I did that a little bit. I sort of was definitely trying too hard. I was surfing like a kook, whatever that is. And I just went, look, this is you versus you. This is you against you. This is no one else. This is just fucking let this shit go. Just, just whatever. <laughs> Next wave. It's like trying to impress the cool kids, isn't it? When you have a competitive lineup. I, I, I mean, this happens to me a lot more than it would happen to you in some ways. And you, you, you kind of, you start to have whatever that imposter syndrome is where you think, oh, mate, I'm not good enough to be here. Which is why we came up with that thing about surf like no one's watching. Because in the same way that if you're in your living room, maybe it's just me, and uh, you're banging out some amazing moves, because you know, when you're on your own, they're amazing, to some great tune, um, life's good. But if somebody walks in the room and has a look at the shapes you're throwing on your own uh, dance floor that you've created, um, you start to get a bit awkward. And that, that awkwardness feeds into uh, your motor skills don't quite work in the same way. Uh, and in the same way, if you're trying to sort of pub do public speaking and you, you're conscious of kind of what people think of the things that you're saying, it's why this whole podcast is an exercise in vulnerability, is you go... Uh, and stumble and the, the same happens with sport music sometimes business uh, surfing exactly that you can be put off by the eyes that are on you and the judgment that you again you think is being do you think exactly there maybe is no judgment the problem is entirely your own problem so to to be able to suspend that feeling of caring of what other people think in that situation would it is a tool to free you from what is essentially performance anxiety, isn't it? And it's, it's probably why a lot of locals who perform well at their local would suffer sometimes if they, if they went to another break. Yeah. And that part of the reason why they hold on to that local thing is because they built up a reputation and that reputation psychologically helps them because they can have this kind of control over the lineup. Well, okay, you, well, you've all seen my face. You've, you've all seen that I can, I can do well on this wave here, yeah. so on and so forth. You go to a brand new spot, you've got to, dare we say, prove yourself because you haven't got to prove yourself at all, except psychologically it can feel like that. Yeah. And that can throw you off your game. And there's no doubt, so towards the end of the surf, I did do that. I said that line, I said, look, this is just you against you. Just challenge yourself to see what you can do on this next wave. Take off 
in the way that you know you find hardest, which is a bit more under the lip, like as in just not stand up too soon. I do yeah. do that sometimes. Take off under the lip, focus down the line, keep your head up and look down the line. Because these waves are really hard to take off mm. on and you've always got to have your head up looking down the line. I find that relatively straightforward front side. Back side, that's harder yeah. occasionally because we tend to look down the wave as opposed to across it. And I did, I looked across and it still wasn't a great snap by any means, but I did generate a bit of flow and I put in a, a, a roundhouse sort of cutback. Um, and, and, the, and I left the ocean going, oh, okay. And it was, still wasn't an epic surf at all, but it was that thing where, right, this is just you. Just test yourself. Fuck what people think. But it's hard. And I think the thing, the reason why it's hard is probably primal as well, because we, we, we form tribes over thousands of years and you want to be accepted yeah. into the tribe. And that's part of the deal. I think in some ways, if you're ever finding it difficult in a lineup and there's only a few people, at least just saying, hey, breaks the ice to them to let you know that you're not sort of like some sort of evil intruder yeah. and whatever. And I'm sure that's, listen, that, that hey has been going on for a million years. That initial breaking of the ice with people you don't know. You know, yeah. are, you know are, are, am I going to be accepted into this tribe? Is, it, is there a collective of, no, no, you, you're welcome here, you're right. Yeah, it's essentially humans uh, introducing themselves and saying, you know, we come in peace. Or, and, 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 and that's, but it's tricky because performance even, in its, even the word to perform, which is levelled on as a surface sometimes, isn't it, is, comes with a degree of pressure. Just for all people, you know, whatever walk of life you're doing, as soon as you're called upon to perform, then it is more, it's putting eyes on yourself. And in doing that, exactly as I was saying earlier, as soon as you think you're being watched doing something and you're being judged for doing something, even though that judgment strangely may not be there, other than an internal sense of that, then you start to kind of become clunkier in everything that you do. I mean, it can lead to sometimes you can excel, but it's a fine dance that you have to do with yourself, isn't it? And, and and this idea of performing can put a lot of pressure on. Big time, big time. Dude, what a lovely intro. Oh, This God. is great, sat on your sofa. And this, I've still just noticed that this is me not cleaning up from last night. Um, I've got an empty can of beer there next to you. There you go. Not something you would get involved in, but there's a cup of an old cup of tea and a can of beer. And he says he's on this clean living. And when you actually look at the evidence, you're in his house, guys. Cigarettes stubbed out everywhere. Cigarettes everywhere, packets of crisps, cans of beer. Harry Bows. Whatever next. Um, anyway. Moving on. Let's move on. Segment number two. The mindful surf, a couple of breaths, just to raise the presence and just, yeah, let go of a bit of, bit of stress, a bit of overwhelm, a bit of anything that might be building up. I know that I um, have that every day, have a mix of emotions. So let's just centre the breathing. Take a breath in through your nose and then breathe out. And breathe in and breathe out. And take a breath in and breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. Just take one more deep breath in through your nose. 
Just hold your breath at the top. And then breathe out. Well done, guys. One thing I used to do a lot when I was younger would be to surf as an escape from life. But really, what do we mean by life? Well, we mean the interpretation of life. Because there's no such thing as life is this, life is that. Well, it's, it's things you're labelling it as such. So it's really escape of, escapism of the mind. So I would surf to escape from my mind. Now, I probably still do that to a certain extent today, except the difference with today compared to years ago is that I know that mind is going to come back. Because it'll always come back. And when we make that okay, when we, we have that in, inner moment of, I have a mind, it is mostly irrational. It just goes down rabbit holes, it goes here, it goes there, it guesses this, it assumes that, it interprets this, it has perceptions of that, it creates pictures of this. It, it's just so illusionary so biased it's so there's so many blind spots it's so unaware of itself it's like it's just a thing that's happening all the time and when you lean into this nonsense of the mind as buddhists say they they liken the mind to like a drunk monkey hmm. it's like this monkey the monkeys are pretty hectic anyway but add a few pints of cider and you've got your mind and that's the human mind that is basically all human mind now when you meet people where you sense that they're suffering with the mind more what i have found is it's as if they're putting on a show and, a, and putting on a shield in, the, to the to the world that they don't actually have a mind or at least if they have one they've set up enough things in their life as distraction methods to not ever have to truly kind of go with it and actually be w with it and that's never a judgment we are all different and that's that's fine we're on, on different journeys but the one thing i would say is um it's a lovely life path to be on when you listen to a show like this or you practice the kind of things that you and I practice do in the sense that you are trying to have that stoke in you because of the yoga work you've been doing, the meditation work, the journaling, the opening up to loved ones, the being true and vulnerable to your own thoughts, the not assuming that the surf can solve your problems. Like If you're living that grounded, calm life, generally, that when you then go into the ocean, it's the cherry on top, it's the bonus, rather than having it the other way around. Yeah, and it's that sense, I think, way, well back actually we were talking about it, and this really resonated with, with me, is looking at some of the things that you, you, you really get the most out of, and in this instance we're talking surfing, right? It's because you yourself put so much joy into the pursuit of surfing that you get the rebound back of joy from surfing. And the things that you don't enjoy, to enjoy, you are not channeling an inner joy into those tasks, mundane as they may be. And perhaps the, 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 the work on, certainly for me, is to try and have that joy that comes from within and push that into things that would traditionally be seen as unenjoyable pursuits, whether that's spending time with people that you find more challenging or whether it's kind of... Uh, household chores or work or travel or whatever it might be is to try and push the joy into it because that's where the real 
joy actually comes from anyway, isn't it? There are, of course, external things that can lift joking about things like booze and music and that sort of thing. But really, the joy has to come from a very deep place within you in order for it to be, you know, authentic and raw. And if, it, if, if you can sort of tune into that and not live this kind of, uh, you know, idealised version of it, that you're going to be happy and um, dancing on the ceiling every five minutes of your life, but just to see that there is a deep well of joy that you can uh, draw upon and channel when you need to. Um, and that if you live mostly in that state, then things are... Uh, that you know you're not at your final destination but they can be better you can be happier or you can get more out of things that traditionally you would see as a complete blocker to to good times that's a great point and i love that word happier because it's something we've called upon on on many occasion that philosophically you ask that question about your surfing am i happy with my surfing well that changes all the time your body changes all the time the fins you choose, the conditions. Mm. So to say, uh, are you happy with your surfing is sort of, it moves, it, it, it ebbs and flows. What I think is a wiser question is, are you happier today with your surfing life than you were five years ago? That's the journey of growth. Yeah. And the answer is yes. It's that, you know, my body is, it feels stronger, it feels healthier. I feel like I'm, I'm more in tune with my equipment. I find it, easier a bit but I do being in crowds um, I, I enjoy the tiny waves even more than I did five ten years ago mm -hmm. so you, you kind of you, what you can what you can do as a surfer is you can look at all the little challenges that come into surfing yeah. and you can look at the wall and go okay well am I finding them any, any of those even a little bit easier because if you are then you are definitely on that journey you're on that journey of happier yeah but to ever assume that you will just be happy super duper Every surf, surfing in general, that, that's that's silly. That's crazy because all surfs are different and, and your body is different. I mean, even Rob Machado said the other day, there's a great little quote. Um, I was watching a Seaside Review with him in it because I... Which one was that? <laughs> the, the long one, the medium one, the it, short one, we, we the micro before. one. I know. It's like the, the one made out of la the lamb's wool one. <laughs> dude, Rob Machado's got so many surfboards out there. But th this was the just basic seaside that is the fish, the smaller one. Yeah. Um, and anyway, he then went on to say he he, he went he was going through his board rack and there was this yeah this board here this board this board, and then he he said, you know, I may choose this board depending on how you know tight or tired my body is feeling. And I went, ooh, that's interesting. So that's a guy that's so evolved on that journey. Mm of happier that he despite the fact that he's a top pro and could hit the lip vertically he's like no that one yep because that will make him happier because he's able to move with the ebb and flow of your body for example especially as we get older we yep. you know some days you're a bit more tired do you have a board that's a bit bigger a bit fatter and whatever that you just cruise and so I think sometimes I mean I know I know and I know that I've done this so I sometimes expect a little too much of myself to be able to get to the top, get to the bottom, hit the lip and pump down the line. It's not always going to be like that. And yeah. I think as we get older, I think it's a really, really smart move to to look at that question. And don't force it. That's the other big Definitely. thing. The times you force it, you can't force happiness either, can you? Because you can't force anything, really. You force happiness, force joy. And, and people who try and enforce things upon other people 
ultimately find there's a pushback. And that's a, one current or, topic for today. Or force a fart. Don't force a fart. It never ends well, as you, you say. Certainly not with your current uh, wiping history. Big but the, 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 the kind of key around all of that stuff is... And, and, and I've heard it actually now said to uh, some of the kids that we're coaching when they did this event, the kind of person presenting the medal said to them, which I feel like this message is filtering through, is really, as long as you are truly comparing yourself to yourself when you're trying to improve, that's where the increments of joy come from. And that's where the true comparison comes from. Because it's, yes, you know, if you're a professional athlete and you're competing, you want to look at what the times are that you need to achieve to uh, excel at the, whatever whatever chosen pursuit and sport you're you're going to excel at, but when it comes to just the day to day, and particularly around the mind and body, uh, how you feel, well, the marker is how you were the previous day or the morning before or whatever it might be, and if if you, if you compare yourself to yourself, then you can really track the improvements that you're making, and and understand that there'll be setbacks, but overall. You, you, you can see whether you are, you know, faster, stronger, fitter, healthier, happier at any given stage. And know that that state is not set in stone either. Once you get there, you've got to do the work to keep going. But I think that's been one of the things that's helped me with everything from mind to body to surfing is going, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not comparing myself against that person there in the lineup or that, that, that kind of great Zen uh, philosopher there. I'm actually thinking about how do I compare to the Liam of yesterday uh, and, and not allowing the setbacks that you have along that path to really knock you off your stride? Even when you are finding it difficult to trim your pubic hair because your trimmer has run out of battery, <laughs> you're saying even then as well. Well, what you need there is a rechargeable one. You need a rechargeable and a waterproof so you can do it in the shower. Well, if Rob Machado was in charge of making that sort of thing, he yeah. would have a waterproof one, a rechargeable one, a battery operated one, a big one, a small one, Dude. an eco one, a not so eco one. <laughs> Even on that front. I'd love look, to be in one of his marketing. Look at the guy's marketing. Can you imagine oh. what it's like down below? I, Just get a you're little obsessed. image it's of not the first time you brought that up. Jesus. I mean, seriously, imagine the bush down there. It must be outrageous. Oh, uh, he's got a serious um, barnet. As he's we got a serious barnet. But anyway, we, we've, we've mocked and, and laughed at Rob Machado's hair on a number of occasions. We have. It's and I think, in life. all honesty, I'm going that direction myself. Yeah, you are. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's getting a little like the. I'd like to have the wherewithal and the bravery to really just carry that off. Yeah, no, it is. And to listeners who don't know, Liam's hair sort of goes a bit like Adolf Hitler in the water. As it flops down, it looks a bit like... When, when Hitler used to get a bit I'm not sure passionate. if he surfed, actually. Will he didn't surf, he didn't surf. But when he sort of did his speeches and got really angry, and his hair would sort of flop down into like a nice centre parting, it was it sort of just reminds me. There was just one duck dive you did, and you came up, and you just had this real dictator look about you. <laughs> like you were about to kind of tell me... Unless I have blonde hair on the way, you have to, to get go off, up, yeah, or something like that. But, um, dude, moving on, yeah. Second, well, listen, second. just by the way, on this on. film, I was going to wrap this up at the end, but um, thanks to Pete, 
and obviously Leighton at the UK Surgery yeah. for recommending some of this sound setup to us. That's I hope it, it works. Bear with us because we are definitely not sound engineers, Will and I. No, no. So we're just trying to get used to working with this stuff, and I'm sure the quality will. Improve. We know we won't be out of the studio forever, but it just enables us to start taking things on the road a little bit. It does. It does. Um, but bear with us on the um, on the sound if it's a little bit off compared with usual. Yeah, and this one's going to be an, an unedited. Version. So you are basically getting a live show today. Yeah, recorded so on the day out on the day. Recording it, putting it out. Um, I even used my, my mobile phone for the intro music <laughs> from, from a previous episode. I thought you were going to hum it. And yeah, I, listen. Dun, 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 dun. Sounds like a Jack Johnson song, doesn't it? Yeah, we might have to upgrade. Ma- to. Maybe get some people to write in and do you want to write some new music for the show? Hey. Hey, competition time. If Jack Johnson, if you're listening. He does listen. Fine. So Jack, you're listening. Hey Jack. I'm talking to you directly right now. Uh, can you get us some music to go? And can we have some VIP tickets to your next uh, concert, please? Thank, Thank you. you. And can we borrow your house on the North Shore of exactly. for three weeks? Thank yeah. um, would it be cool to hang out with uh, Donovan and Jack? It would. I think the thing, the only trouble with it is you, you, you'd probably feel... And Eddie Vedder like, as well. ...like such a dweeb. You're in the coolest company possibly on the planet that you'd kind of go, fuck, am I trying to... Yeah, but, but that's, you, that's what we are talking about earlier, isn't it? It's been in that kind of room. But wow. It's a hell of a run, though. Yeah. The thing is, that kind of run, they're such chilled out guys, it actually would be the exact opposite. It's, they're just, they're just like really cool, cool dudes. Dude. Yeah. Segment number three. Yeah. Mind, body, stoke. Uh, things Liam and I have been working on with the mind and body to raise a stoke. Um, one thing I want to mention is about stuff I have mentioned before in regards to body fat. Now, when you're an athlete, you um, are trying to be agile, strong, powerful, and I'd say coordinated, sort of four main things. Coordination and agility are probably wrapped up in the same bundle, so with the softer stuff, and so are power and strength. They're, they're wrapped up in the harder stuff, the yin and yang of, of surf performance. But I'd say four things. and. There isn't a single one of those four factors in your surfability, aside from the psychology of things, because of course that's a huge influence on the body anyway, but let's just park that. that we just, just deal with the body right now. That there isn't a single thing there that's not going to benefit from being leaner. When you're carrying dead weight, so body fat, it literally just will slow down and reduce the performance of all four because to balance, on one leg or two feet with, with, with turning your board is it, is it hard thing to do when you're lighter it's a little bit easier just because of the physics when you're leaning your body away from a turn you're at 90 kilos if you're at 80 kilos as you turn away you're just turning away less weight anything that that, that, that could topple you further and harder will be that heavier weight now amongst all this is this lovely thing called food okay so we've got this one side over here when you're thinking about, I want to be the best athlete I can be. And over here, food. Okay? <laughs> now, now, obviously, we know you've got to fuel the fire to feed the engine. As in, if you don't get enough food, you're actually not going to get into the shape that you want to be in for surfing anyway. Because you then are under-eating. Under-eating is probably even worse than over-eating. Calories. The reason why, you don't actually feed your muscles. And those muscles need strength and power coordination and agility to perform. So you've got to feed yourself enough food to perform and, and, and to do your kettlebell training. You've got to have enough food to get a deep sleep. 
you've got enough food in you to have a good sort of level of immunity to recover from surfs and all these things. Thing with anything goes a little bit north of that and you keep it north of that amount of calories that you need for a number of weeks or a few days or whatever, months or whatever it might be. And your surfing can slow down. Now, what I have found is when I'm a little heavier, 93 kilos, that's about as heavy as I go, my turns are better. They just, I, I sink my rail deeper and I can push harder. What really suffers though is my takeoffs and sometimes my poise on the waves. So my, if I do like a float or an off the lip and I go to land it, I'm maybe not quite as balanced. And also when I go to snap onto my surfboard, I, I don't take off under the lip. I don't, I don't have the same confidence because my arms feel, it just feels harder to do. So it was about, it was, no, it was before the weekend. It was about Thursday. I was really sort of like, do you know what? I've been, I've been on this real bread run and been loving making homemade bread. It's all gluten-free because I'm, okay. I'm adamant about a gluten-free diet for me and, and, and dairy-free, various other things just to keep me healthy. That's what works for me. I've experimented over the years. And it's a couple of apples, a lot of eggs, a little bit of salt and gluten-free flour and all these things. And it just it makes this amazing bread. And when you make it fresh, get it out of the oven, and you take a fresh slice, hot wedge of butter. Now, I know that's confusing because you sound like don't do dairy, but I do have a little bit of butter. I tend to tolerate butter pretty well because um, it doesn't have the lactose and, and casein in it that, that uh, sort of milk and cream have and whatever. But yeah, it, it, it's just fucking delicious. Yeah. And I, I, it's amazing how habits form and I'll make another bread and I'll make another bread. And after my holiday, I was just consistently eating carbs at lunch, like over and over, like more than I normally do, with fat, with this, with that. And it's, it's not, it wasn't a podge at all, but I just felt like my snaps were like, God, I find taking off on a surfboard hard anyway. And then just in the last, I don't know, four or five days, I've, I've, I've nipped it in the bud and already feeling leaner and I've reduced my calories by probably, I don't know, no more than three to, to 500 each day. Yeah. Nothing drastic, no dieting here whatsoever. And I do feel lighter on my board already. Now, the, the thing with this is, it's just like what we said about, is there such a thing as happy? No. Is there such a static thing as perfect body for your performance? Fuck no. There can't be, because you have a few nights out in a row, suddenly. Or a few days where you don't do as many steps. Or you just, it's life. Life is always throwing these little challenges and you can only then use hindsight to go, oh, yeah, I am slowing down a little bit. I am feeling a bit porky. Ah, right. Yeah. Just to reduce it down a little bit. But but the, the thing with someone who wakes up and looks in the mirror one day, three stone overweight, that is a true unconsciousness of the feedback from the body. Because really, if you're in tune with the body, there's never a truly heavy weight gain or weight loss either side because you're always trying to find that little middle ground. Yeah. The only way we can ever go either end would be if we're using food as a crutch emotionally, which is totally fine and there's no judgment there, or the other end is that we're assuming that being shredded lean is going to make people fancy us and oh, love us. Happy, yeah. 
or that will make us happy. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Both ends of the scale are unconscious. Yeah, and and also I think it's about you know you know me I'm I'm really on this pursuit of a whole food diet as well or a whole 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 food enjoyment of things. So you know not eating uh, processed foods, not um, not eating things like. Um, uh, you, you know, crisps as much or seed oils and that's what I've really, really cut down on that. I've, you know, and that's that's helped my surfing because I feel stronger and fitter and leaner and that's that, that, that's great. And just making sure that the sort of nutrients that are going in are great. But I watched a great documentary on the BBC though about the, the way that some processed foods and the hits you get from it from a dopamine release in your brain because they're chemically to, designed to be hyper palatable um, can trick your body into feeling hungry all the time because you're looking for that release. And there's a guy called Dr. Van Tuliken who um, who did this um, who did this kind of uh, research on this, and he went on a processed food diet for a for a period of time. And what he found was that when he went through an MRI scanner, his brain was responding much more um, uh, in a almost like a drug addict, basically. To say I'm desperate for this, I'm desperate for this food, and he was eating very, very unhealthy food choices. So there you go. He was eating horrible, horrible foods, but he got addicted to because this is the, this cool. is the unedited. Cool. Tell, tell, tell. Will, Will is just tell actually, Will's just had to pop out for a wee because he can't control his bladder. Uh, he's uh, he's like a child at uh, a, a, a kindergarten or a nursery school. He has to put his hand up and say, "Can I go to the toilet, please?" So he just um, he just left the, the the lounge for a for a, for, a, for a break, which is why there was a little bit of silence there. I was letting him out. Um, so no, the, 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 the kind of rewiring of your brain when you're kind of into things that are hyper palatable but not nutrient dense is uh, frightening. And that's, uh, that, that's kind of what I've tried to steer away from because I've been pretty addicted to it for quite a big periods of my life. And then you throw in um, a, a beer, which uh, I do consider a whole food, so I'm, I'm leaving in there. Um, and and you, you, you've got a recipe for um, pretty bouncy... Um, weight gain but also kind of a lot of inflammation within your body that makes it harder to do the things that you want to do and for us it's that surfing so you know removing all of that kind of uh, almost synthetic manufactured uh, food from my own and whatever works for you my, my own sort of diet has has really helped me from a from a body perspective um, over the last two years huge hugely it's really really cool I do thank you for opening that door. Apologies for the little delay there, ladies and gentlemen. We'll probably get better at being able to walk with our microphones in the yep. future, but we had a little pause there so that I could go for a wee. It was a mindful moment. Mindful moment. But um, we're speeding through. I mean, we don't want to kind of keep people too long today because this is an unedited show. Unedited show. Testing our new gear. T- testing it out and bear with us. We, like, ne- next week it will be slicker. Um, but basically it is. It's that inflammation thing. It's, it's why... I talk about the calories thing there, which is still mindful, because we one must still be mindful of that. Like if you ate whole foods but too many of them, you'd still put on, oh yeah, body fat. However, and this is huge. How you feel is so much of how you perform. Now, let's let's put this into two categories, and I want you to think about these in terms of your surf performance as you listen to this. One over here. Pure physical. 
agility, coordination, strength, power. The leaner you are, to a degree, not too lean, but the leaner you are, the easier you will find all of your movements in surfing. Surfing is a movement-based sport. Well, it's, it's about like functional, ballet. it's an application it's of functional function. fitness. Correct. Over here is the psychology of things and how that affects your surfing too. So we have the mind over here with the body over there. Let's cover the mind. And here's what's fascinating about food. Food affects how you feel because it affects your brain. And then your brain affects your thinking and your th it's like a merry-go-round. Now, when you eat a diet that's lower in inflammation, whole foods, lower in sugars. Now, however you do that for you is up to you. But generally, we can put it as this. If you are eating an unprocessed diet, a diet where you're making everything from scratch, yeah. pretty much, you're going to feel better. If you feel better psychologically, you'll feel better. And that goes into things like your energy levels, your mood, your level of motivation, your feelings of inspiration, your alertness, your focus. You combine the two together where you get your calories dialed, you're not taking the piss. Both ends, by the way, not trying to get shredded lean, too lean, and not trying to, not overeating because you're just overeating. But over here too, you're covering actually what those calories are. So tuning into, you know, do you tolerate dairy? Are you tolerating gluten? Are you, you know, because even with a whole food diet, there's still a journey there for all of us, right? How much carbohydrate do you need? And just keep playing with it. But the main theme that we have said so many times, dude, you and I, is that a mindful journey as a surfer is a mindful journey into your food and into your training and into everything. And a mindful journey into food is notice if you have heavy beliefs on certain things that might be holding you back. And they might be helping you too massively because, of course, those beliefs give you a sense of self-efficacy and, and self you know, that, that self-fulfilling prophecy of, you know, well, well, I know if I eat this, it makes me feel better. And so all the placebo goes into oh, it. Yeah. But if you can just keep tuning in, you'll keep getting better and better. And it comes back to that original philosophical, philosophical point that we made. Happier. That's the key word here. Are you on that journey? Because it won't be perfect. There'll be days where you, you're like, fuck have I eaten? And why do I feel moody? And why is my brain foggy? And why does my why are my joints achy today? And what have I? And sometimes it can be confusing, and it can be like, what have I eaten? What have I done? And what about this? And the way to simplify all that again is to come back to a question: Are you doing something new today? Are you eating something differently today? Because if you are, you can expect a different result. Yeah. If you do the exact same thing this week as you did last week, and you see still feel the same this week as you did last week. Well, what the fuck do you expect? If you don't feel how you want to feel, something has to change and yeah. you will get a new result. But it, something will happen. It's all about how you feel, isn't it? The, 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 the thing I would caveat though on all of this is if you do, if you are trying hard because we're all human and you fall off the wagon and you have a, let's say, a family-sized packet of Doritos, which I don't do anymore, instantly. You, you don't, just, you don't, just, and you look better for but it. But just stay with me on this one. Look at your triceps. Is, I mean, Jesus, as he flexes, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, I mean, we got some serious tricep definition. There we go. Look, I mean, you can almost hear it twang on the microphone, like, fucking watch out. I feel like, I feel like Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm that big. Yeah, stacked. <laughs> stacked. Um, Get you in the ring. But you, <laughs> but you kind of, if you fall off the wagon, whatever your 
wagon might be, you know. So let's say you wagon you try, wheel. You try, yeah. You don't want to eat wagon wheels. You don't want to <laughs> eat uh, too many Hershey bars if you're in the states, or you don't want to eat loads of like crisps here and there. And you, you know, I love beer. So it's when you do the things that you do, you can make yourself feel bad for having done it. I think you've got to give yourself sometimes a bit of permission to fall because we're human, and then as long as you go again, but don't dwell on what's already happened. Move forward. You know, and that that was always, I think, and that probably carries for people who are trying to give up smoking or boozing or whatever it is, is sometimes you just stumble because we, as humans, we stumble on the road that we're walking along. And if you do, it's not to dwell on that uh, hiccup, it's to keep moving forward as best you can. Well put. There we go. Well put. What What I'll do continually for us is say two words for your every one word because I'll say what I'll say in Wattle. You do, you're very good at putting it succinctly into, must be your... It's the years your, of wisdom. Your, it is your wisdom. It's, it's the triceps. Just, it's they, the they, They've got their own... It's you know true. they say you've got a gut brain. It's the tricep brain now. It's the it's tricep brain. It. I'm building it. It's the lower inflammation diet. It's, it's getting stronger. Brains. Well... Segment number three, we're still on. I just want to ask you, is there anything you want to share, mind, body? No, I think... I mean, I've pretty much... Joke. I think I've pretty much covered that. I mean, you, you know working and surfing for me has always been the, the, the challenge and as, as we go back to a kind of some sense of uh, you know kind of this, this sort of working world is kind of regenerating a little bit regardless of all the things that are going on so for me now is coming back to that balance between travel and surf and living a life that is balanced so you don't go too far into the kind of chaos of, of work because you know there's an, an element that chosen a lifestyle here to to fit in with uh, with surfing, which is an entirely frivolous thing. But it, as we're all taught, you know, if you're listening to this, you, you appreciate the kind of addiction that comes with what is essentially a frivolous pursuit. We're dancing around in the ocean where we are certainly in more and more neoprene as the, 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 the days and nights get colder. Um, but it's, it's, it's unfathomable, if I can say it, joy. You know, we are in a place where joy is we're putting it into that pursuit and it's coming back at us. So to, to kind of, to walk that line between order and care, so you're not just consumed by uh, work, offices, career, whatever it might be, that you're also having uh, a kind of, a, or being kind to yourself as a human to allow yourself to play. And that's for me what surfing is. It's an expression of art. So my mind now is kind of navigating that path between those two things again a little bit more. And then on the body front is maintaining when you do start to sit on the train for longer or you do start to spend time uh, away from the ocean and a few more days a week than you would otherwise like to do, you have to be kind to your body and make sure that you get the, uh, the workout practice in and the, the, particularly the mobility because sitting down again for a long time, as you know, is, is pretty hard on the old bod. It's as hard sometimes on the body as intense surfing is in a, in a weird way. It's weird, yeah. So, yeah, it's just kind of finding that equilibrium again for me. Um, but, but, but broadly... In a very good place, and and I and for for workout wise, I'm still addicted to these kettlebells. So that's my body thing. Kettlebells are great. They just generate so much of that, or you have to generate so much power through the muscles that tend to get weak from sitting down. Yeah. And when you do that quality kettlebell training on Turkish get-ups and kettlebell swings, and, and you get better at them, and you can execute them well, and you feel the glutes, you feel the back, the hamstrings, all these areas, you do notice it. When you go to you go to for me, not on takeoffs, because for me, snapping onto a surfboard is still arms, core, yeah. mobility. But when you're up, 
and on your feet, I tell you, my turns have never felt better. The last year or two, I've done more kettlebells than I've ever done, and they, I, just my turns feel so much stronger. It, it, it is. I mean, I can vouch for that at a slightly different level, but it's. You know, I've still got pencil legs, but they're certainly a little bit of a thicker pencil than they were, you know, because ah. what, what you find is, I've said it many times, is having sort of bro- broke my back, you know, the legs went from pretty strong to very weak quite quickly, and then you just don't repair. You, you just kind of become can you kind of live the injury and you become that becomes an identity for you whereas now you know the last kind of uh certainly last 12 months but in the last sort of three and a half years of trying to kind of come up and out and rebuild and repair um leg is the biggest thing that i is the, it, the thing i've noticed the most when it comes to the surfing gains from positioning on the board from not being thrown off waves as easily as previously was the case because and having the confidence then to hit sections more, which, you know, obviously if you looked at it back, Mr. Clayton would say, you know, that's not a section hit. But your legs have got more power to push and that generates speed and it generates better turns. Uh, and I think all of that is to do with just training the weaknesses and working with the kettlebells and doing the things relentlessly. And little bits every day almost have over a long period of time quite a big impact. It's really, really cool. Um, Same number four, uh, the surf media. Yeah. Insight. And what this, we've been watching. This isn't surfing as such, but of course it all relates back to surfing because that's just life. Um, it's Brian Cox on the Joe Rogan Show. Oh, I haven't seen him on the Joe Rogan Show. He's but he got does, a great accent. Hello, yeah. my name's Brian Cox and I know everything about the universe. The universe. And that's a, that's a great, great effort, his accent. And Brian Cox, for those of you who don't know who he is, which would be a surprise, it's a world... Famous, I think. Professor Brian Cox, as he now is. Prof, prof. Is, is he knows a hell of a lot about the universe and physics. He knows more than me and you. Just a bit more. About the universe. Just a little bit more. And it's, it's really good. It's a, it, it really expands the mind. It's a great, great bit of viewing. And Joe Rogan does a really good job of just having a really normal down-to-earth chat with him. Ask him all the normal questions we would ask about, do you think there are aliens? You know, all sorts of great questions. And the thing with the interview I want to share, it's very, very interesting, because two, two, two things. One, it, it just really expands the mind. You feel really just alive to your consciousness and also how small you are when you've been listening to it and all the, the significance of the universe. And it makes you, wow, give you, gives you a perspective. Also, the second thing is, Brian is asked by Joe, What's your view on spirituality? Is there another uh, thing in the universe? I think he was saying that there was... A, another dimension. D- well, dimension, but it's a measure... What was he saying? A measurable energy? Gravity? The next one is something like Newton positive, Newton negative, or something. And then the last one is mag- electromagnetic. Apparently, there are these four... And I might have got that wrong, by the way. There are these, these four... Um, energy fields that can can be measured, and his his the, he talks about this fifth. That is what spiritual spiritual people would would talk about. There's this other dimension, this other thing, this energy, whatever you want to call it, that we don't know what it is, but we can sort of feel it. Yeah. That, that it's there. I personally feel that it's there in my life, but that's why spirituality is so personal, and it's why we mustn't. Although people are trying, like Joe Dispenza, but we mustn't get ourselves into debates and sort of arguments about it, really, because it, it, it flies in the face of what it means. It's so personal 
you just can only feel it inside. So to even try and describe that spiritual feeling when certain things happen or that certain sense, it, immediately you can't use, you, you haven't got the words you, that you could use to try and to describe it. It just isn't possible. True. And what happens is Brian dismisses the spiritual element of the universe in a, in a really very Brian way, Brian Cox, very scientist way, you're very right brain. It's all that sort of real heavy, like, you know, is it, isn't it, black, white? If we don't know about it, then we don't know about it. So yeah. don't, don't suggest that it's there. But then you think of the Albert Einstein quote, not everything that matters can be measured. And not everything that can be measured matters. And on that quote, and so I love Albert Einstein, he was a very spiritual dude, but it's that thing of, if you feel like there's this other dimension or you feel like you're connected to something because you get clues, you get signs about your vibe, about what you attract and what you don't attract, etc. Karma, all these yeah. law of attraction, all these other things, these these woo-woo yeah. things, that if you feel woo-woo, then that's great. And if you feel like there's this other bit, you're not sure what it is, but you can certainly feel like you can tap into it, then cool. But what I found interesting about Brian Cox is just how much he dismissed it. Do you watch it? It's very interesting. No, I do like Brian Cox. It's a very, it's a very science. He was a very, yeah. he was very, very, very much in his scientific role there. Yes. And I know what I know where I know what has made Brian Cox Brian Cox. But also I know what's made Will Foster Will Foster. Yeah. So we're all in this different path, this unique path. And it's also not a fixed state. No. And, and one thing's for certain, we will be finding out whatever it is at some point because um, we we are not infinite in the in, in in our physical body that at least um what i find i mean i haven't, I haven't heard that one but I've, I've watched brian cox's recent series on space and, and that sort of thing and what always baffles me uh, and in relation to sort of mindfulness and spirituality and you know vibration and energy fields and all of that sort of stuff is that and religion in a way you know because we have organized religions and they sort of, people have organized themselves around particular belief systems but deep down it's all about being as good as you can be as a human while you're here on this planet and, and 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 it's in the kind of enormity of what brian cox talks about even in reference to sort of space and time and universe that makes you feel both sort of insignificantly small but also you know alive and lucky to be here at the same time and also then for me shines a light a little bit on the craziness of humans in our current state being divided and ruled over and allowing big e egos to dominate that the world in which we live you know and as i think aubrey marcus is trying to put out there at the moment there is a huge oneness that we we have but we are too easily divided by both our own egos in terms of trying to see the other and needing this kind of idea of the other to make ourselves feel better and good it relates exactly to surfing and then on, on the on the flip side to allowing external factors what be they religious political uh, people with maybe an agenda to also drive bigger and bigger wedges between people who often are just trying to get along and do the best for themselves and their family and being alive to that whether that's a sort of just a that you, you you feel that as a spiritual thing or whether it's kind of you politically active is a really important thing and to try and think you know well there's more that connects us, hopefully, than there is that divides us. And that's where I think the kind of mindful journey, whether you're surfing or otherwise, 
she starts to kind of come together. Very nice too. Yeah. What a lovely way to round things off. Yeah. Um, guys, thanks for joining us. Yeah. First. It's been great. First, first go at this. It's like first riding a new board. Big time. And then we're going to maybe hope to have a little surf. Cheeky little surf. This. Thanks for tuning See in. See what we can get. Cheers, guys. See you next week. Yeah. Bye.